Hello, Two Principles podcast listeners. We are so grateful for all the support and appreciate you checking in with us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love for you to follow, subscribe, and rate review our podcast. You can also follow us on all of our social media accounts, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Two Principles. Check us out on the web at twoprinciples.com. We are so grateful for our Two Principles podcast partners, HealthWise Behavioral Health and Wellness. As a team of experienced licensed psychologists, clinical therapists, medical professionals, and mind-body practitioners, HealthWise offers a wide range of mental health services for individuals of all ages. HealthWise is grounded in a philosophy that considers the whole person. We are excited to record our Two Principles podcast from the beautiful HealthWise Yoga and Wellness Studio located right here in Maple Grove, Minnesota. We want to thank Green Boy Brand for helping us design our Two Principles artwork and logo. They can help you customize your brand. If you're looking for an artwork design or logo or some cool merchandise, check them out at greenboybrand.com. They have done work for schools, businesses, sports organizations, and everything in between. When you go with Green Boy, you're choosing to get a personal touch rather than a cookie cutter look. Welcome to the Two Principles Podcast, where we help you get out of your head and into your heart. The Two Principles Podcast, life and leadership talk inside and out. A better you makes for a better today. It starts with you. Hello, I'm John Bezik, and I'm hanging out with the Two Principles. All right, Bees, are you, uh, are, you, are you drinking coffee over there? I am. What kind of coffee do you drink? Uh, I'm just a black coffee guy with a little bit of cream. My preferred would be uh, uh, what uh, Caribou if I had the choice over Starbucks. Okay, how about at home? Do you make it at home? Or I do. I you, actually, gr- are you grind? You grind? I don't. I'm not a grinding coffee guy. Okay. Uh, but uh, I didn't start drinking coffee until we put a coffee shop in our school two years ago. I never had a cup really? of coffee. You guys have. And a now shop I drink 48 school? ounces of coffee every morning. I. You know what? And I've known you for a long time. Yeah, I used to drink two Diet Mountain Dews every morning. Yeah, you'd be drinking the pop. So haven't had one for two years. But you've not really. Coffee just came on a couple years ago. Yeah. Oh my god, love it. Something I learned today about him, and I've known this guy for a long time. I didn't know that about him. I have a theory on why I don't didn't like coffee all those years. Why is that? Uh, My little best friend, neighbor girl Lori, when we were growing up, I remember sitting at the side of the house. And we had these little coffee cups, and we had the hose out, and we had a little spoon, and we put a little dirt in the cup and mixed it up, and we're like, mmm, we're drinking coffee. Oh, my God. And I thought, this is horrible. <laughs> well, PTSD. Yeah. yeah. But so now you have a coffee shop at Prior Lake High School, yes. and now you're drinking what? 48, what'd you say, 48 ounces of coffee a day? Yeah, I shouldn't brag about that. I'm trying to be healthier. <laughs> but I'd, have love, a, I'd love to hear more about that. Who are, who's running it? Obviously, the kids, uh, I would imagine. Actually, our food service people do. Oh, they do? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it looks like a start. It's probably the busiest coffee shop in the metro because there's a line out the door every well, morning. Well, we, we do serve. Huh. We do serve. We do, but, but it's it, not like... Uh, well, like, ours has got coffee, frappuccinos, all that. We're not on the free and reduced... We're one of, I think we were one of two that were not on the free and reduced... Uh, like the federal food oh, program, yeah. yeah, we do our own thing. Okay, hmm. are you guys just serving it, or do you have an actual like you know seat seating? And There's a seating area and all that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I might have to check that out sometime. It's pretty nice. 
Well, hey, Kev, are you ready to go, my friend? I am absolutely ready. Let's uh, make sure we are raising our frequency today. Let's do absolutely. it. Absolutely. Let's go spread some good out into the podcast universe. It's that time. Hello, and welcome to today's show. As always, super excited to be here with my good friend, Kevin. And we are fired up to have the one and only John Bizek in the studio today. I'm Jason Paris. I'm Kevin Jost. And we are the Two Principles, the Two Principles podcast, where we put the focus on leadership, work-life balance, stress management, and mental health. Our goal is to equip everyday leaders with practical tools to maintain their overall health and live out a more balanced and fulfilling life. If this is your first time tuning in to the Two Principles pod, hey, we appreciate you checking us out. And we always appreciate everybody tuning in today as we continue on this journey towards a healthier and happier you. One step at a time, one conversation at a time. As always, every episode, we will stay true to the Two Principles purpose. We will consider the impact of our words and actions. We will be in the moment. We will stay present. We will give it our best today. And of course, we are always going to try to have a little bit of fun. We are going to have a lot of fun today. We got Bezik over there. He's uh, got his Harley Davidson shirt on, so he's he's ready to go. He's got some tats like you there. He does. I notice. I, yeah, I'm always when yeah. I see other people with them, I'm always so maybe at when him. we take pictures later on, we put them on yeah. our social. You're gonna have to take that off so we get those yeah, tats out too. Sure. I don't have any tats, but maybe that's maybe something I got to work on here. Hey, um, mailbag time. So we had one question come in from our listeners, and I uh, checked that out this morning, and it said. Where did it find it? Here here it is. It says, we see you have done a few remote episodes and a lot of episodes in the studio. What's your preference? Want me to go? Yeah, you go <clears> ahead and answer that. Uh, a thousand percent, it's in studio. Okay. Um, the, the remote stuff is great. It gives us the ability to connect with people that we otherwise wouldn't be able to. But there's just something... Um, more energetic and and personal about being able to sit down and and uh, kind of just work with each other and and uh, body language and all that kind of stuff. So it's a little bit more labor intensive, but it is definitely my preference. Yeah, and I would agree. I'm I'm second. Yeah, and I know it's it, we've had to do these remote because we've had some uh, folks that mm-hmm. we just can't they can't come into the studio and vice you know all that kind of stuff. So I would say obviously it is better it is in the studio, but. Again, we appreciate listeners uh, emailing us. And again, if you have a question for the two principles, email us at twoprinciplespodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear feedback, comments, questions, whatever it is. Hey, Bees, do you have any questions for the two principles before we get going here? No, just, well, how long you been doing this? this uh, like, are we in the <laughs> first five episodes, 10 episodes? I, I remember like mid year you would uh, mention you guys were going to start this up. Yeah, this is, this will be 18. This will be the 18th, um, yeah, the 18th episode. But the funny thing is, is we just came across, you know, we just, we just passed June 1st. And the whole idea was back when we started talking about this, we had a goal of, June first being the first episode, <laughs> so we are eighteen so, in now. Wow! Yeah, so it's amazing what two morons can do <laughs> um, when they just say we're just going to do this. Well, I was wondering, this was looking like a well-oiled <laughs> machine, so I'm like, you know, well, well, we've had a lot of bumps, we've worked out I, a few kinks. Yeah, and I would say this is. I thought it, it's a lot more difficult than I than I than I thought, but we're having fun doing it, and uh, appreciate you bees being in here today, but. What we've been doing here, John, is we've been, uh, our last few guests, we've been asking kind of a walk-up song. So do you have a walk-up song, an intro song into the Two Principles pod here? 
You know, if you're going to put me on the spot, because I like listening to music, but I'll go with Audio Slave, Set It Off. All right, here, Kev. I'm going to see if I got this. Here we I'll start go. Turning it up. Here. Set It Off by Audio Slave. Bees, here you go, buddy. Okay. You know, I, I like it. I've never, I've never heard of it. Neither have I. So set it off by Audio Slave. John Bezik, welcome to the Two Principles Pod. We're hey, glad you're here. That's awesome. All right. We are excited to have John Bezik on the show today. John is the high school principal at Prior Lake High School. Uh, John is a relationship-driven leader who prioritizes health and wellness as a leader. As always, it is great to learn from other leaders. So welcome, John. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us on today's Two Principles show. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Super excited to have you here today. Uh, So, Bees, what we've been doing, uh, we have a random question of the show, and that's what we've been doing since we started this. Last episode's question was, would you... What would you rather prefer? Well, this this is a quick one before we get into the actual question of this episode. But would you rather prefer being hot or being cold? Good question. Uh, I like being hot, but if you're going to put me on the spot, I'd say I'd rather be in a cold environment because you can always put more clothes on. You can only take so many clothes off. So that would be okay, how there I would we go. That. Well, thanks for answering that. Hey, this episode's question of the show. It's June, right? We are, uh, weather's nice and, uh, I like ice cream. So here's the question. Would you rather eat ice cream out of a bowl or in a cone? I would rather eat ice cream out of a bowl because I could just kind of relax. If you got the cone, sometimes it's dripping and this and that. So I just want to focus on the ice cream. The cone is kind of an, a, an, ex, an accessory, and uh, let's focus on the main thing. <laughs> How about you, Kev? What, do, what would you prefer? I'd probably go with a bowl, a bunch okay. of toppings, although I do like a waffle cone, but I'd say bowl. Okay. Here's what I found uh, out on the uh, good old World Wide Web. It says, uh, different people might have different preferences when it comes to eating ice cream in a cone or in a bowl. However, according to a survey conducted by the International Ice Cream Association, 87% of Americans prefer to eat ice cream out of a bowl or a cup, while only 13% prefer a cone. This suggests that people may prefer ice cream served in a bowl or cup over a cone. The reason for this preference could be due to several factors, such as ease of consumption, portion control, and avoiding drips and mess while eating. However, it's important to note that this preference may be different based on individual taste and personal situation such as being on the go or at a special occasion. And here's what I'm going to say. I thought about this too. What about me? I want to take it in a cone and then I want to dump it in a bowl. Does that count? (laughs) I want both. Sure. I want to put that in there. So thanks, Bees, for uh, playing along with the random question of the show. Let's get going here. Let's get into some questions here. John, why don't you just give us a little bit about your background, um, your current role, um, and maybe just kind of your journey into that current position. Sure. Uh, currently, principal at Prior Lake High School, you know, large metro. I think we're either five or six in the metro in terms of enrollment, about 2,900 kids, give or take. So, uh, and, you know, that's always exciting. But, uh, you know, I always, always when people ask me this question, I always start with uh, grew up in South St. Paul and uh, very proud of that. Uh, 
was a community with a lot of support for public education and you kind of knew that uh, whatever you needed, they were going to help take care of and kind of rally around the kids. And I think that's probably why I liked going into, you know, I like being in school and uh, it, that kind of set me on the, on my way. Um, and after that, you know, I just, I started teaching up north, small school, Little Fork, Big Falls, uh, up on the Canadian border, you know, 30 kids per graduating class. So you, you, you take that and, you know, compare that to where I'm at now. It's been quite a journey. Uh, you know, I spent time at Park High School in Cottage Grove uh, as a guidance counselor and uh, an assistant principal for six years. Had a great experience. And then I was lucky enough to be principal at uh, Tartan High School in Oakdale, Minnesota. Great spot. Uh, uh, great people that uh, staff that loved being around kids and interacted well with kids. Uh, um, had you know nine years there and was fortunate enough to be active in the principals association. Became you know principal of the year for the state of Minnesota. And you know I think when that happened, I thought, boy, I should do something else now. You know, you've, you've done this, <laughs> so I jumped into the central office and was assistant superintendent for five years. And you know. It's all right, and you know maybe I'd want to toy with that again, but it was kind of like a job. You know, it was something like I felt like I had to do, and when I had an opportunity to scratch that itch to be a high school principal again at one of the largest high schools in the state, Prior Lake opened up, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do this, and uh, I've been doing that for the last six years, and uh, yeah, that's cool. where we're at right now. Were you guys at Tartan at the same time? Yeah, so actually, okay. um, so John hired me. Oh, he did. As an I didn't assistant know principal. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if that was a good hire or a bad hire, but uh, <laughs> he uh, he hired me uh, back. Uh, was, it qu- was it questionable? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> one of the best hires I've ever made. Problem was, uh, Whoa, he, you hear he, what he said? I, I one of the that. best hires. I wanted a glass. <laughs> breeze past that. Uh, you know, the funny thing was, my brother knew him as well, so he was kept recommending him to me. And I'm like, I don't want to, you know, if you, if you have an older brother or something, it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, just keep your opinions to yourself. <laughs> and I kept thinking, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to call this guy in. And uh, it just was the right fit at the right time, and it was great. And we really enjoyed working with each other. Yep. Then the uh, the SOB, my brother, not Jason, <laughs> stole him back to work up at yeah. Rogers. Yeah. Was that your first AP? Uh, yeah, was, yeah, so I, t- was, I was running the alternative school at Armstrong, and then, yeah, my first assistant okay, principal okay. Yeah, was with uh, at Tartan High School there okay. with John. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And, and I would say, too, I, you know, in this role that we do, and Kevin, you're in this, too, it's just it's the people, right? And you're around good people and fun people, and that really what makes a building and a culture. And so I really enjoyed my time at <clears throat> Tartan High School as an assistant principal. So a lot of fun. That's good. Cool. Hey, let's talk a little bit about uh, health here. So... John, when you think about your overall health, what does being a leader in your health and wellness look like to you? And maybe how do you create those positive habits? Yeah. First off, I think you need to model just being, you know, healthy. And I mean being healthy, you know, just mental health and just enjoying life and having that work-life balance, you know, because you look at me, you know, could I drop a few pounds? Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I do try to be active. I, you know, you're going to probably laugh about this. So Jason knows this. I do yoga, you know, yeah, probably four times a, a week. I looked at my core power app. I've been to over 1500 classes oh, wow. now. So, you know, I do. You're that. hot. You like the hot stuff. I do. Yep. I like the hot yep. heated yoga. Uh, you know, I try to get on the elliptical, uh, just do stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I try to be, you know, active and, uh, and it helps me feel good. And it just is kind of my time. I'd rather do that than like play golf or do these other things. It's just, you know, it's a little more time to be introspective and just kind of 
I think that flexibility and uh, and all that, uh, it just, for me, it's good. It's a, a place, you know, being at a high school and being in the schools, there's a lot of stuff coming at you all the time. And sometimes you just need that time to, you know, I'm on all day long. You know, I mm-hmm. like people. I like being around people and like being at events. But, you know, I think that's why when I have that, you know, opportunity to do an activity, it's like, you know, I want to go here and just kind of yeah, be into my own head a little bit. Yeah. Hey, one, real quick, I'm just going to have you pull that mic Pull this arm forward. Sure. And then turn that. There you go. There Have we go. More like that because you're, yep, we're good. Um, and I would say, too, with that yoga, and you just talked about it, and we'll probably talk a little bit more about it, too, but um, like you said, being a principal in the principalship, you're always on the go, right? You're always making decisions. you got people coming at you all the time, and so it's that time to go sit on the mat or stand on the mat and take an hour for yourself just to quiet yourself. And mm-hmm. I think that's uh, really cool. And I know that's something that I know I've, you know, I've been a core power member too. I haven't been doing it lately, but uh, I, I do that yoga. It's a good thing, mm-hmm. that hot yoga. Yeah, so. it's something I need to do more of. I've done it, but it's not part of my routine. I would I'd recommend anybody out there who's yeah. never done it before, go start, you know, go check it out. It's good. So clears the mind, right? It does. Yeah, that's good. You mentioned mental health. Um, <clears throat> big topic, super broad. Um, what does it mean to you? Yeah, what does it mean to me? You know, I, there's a lot of buzzwords, whether it's SEL or it's being mindful and all that. They all kind of roll to, together. I think we're trying to be more thoughtful and purposeful because I think we've always tried to do right things for people. If you're into the relationship business, that's what we're in. You know, I was a guidance counselor as well, so... Some of that comes a little more natural to me, but I think it's a, as leaders, it's our role to kind of look out for the health of the organization, of the kids and the staff. Uh, people are stressed, and you got to sometimes tell them to take things with a grain of salt a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. You can't control everything. You can only control certain things. And I think one of the advantages of the maybe some of this SEL and getting this information on kids is realizing that you're not in this alone, and it's not you know, you're, we're dealing with tough situations. I was a guidance counselor. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got was, you know, uh, you're going to deal with a lot of tough situations with people and all this. They're not your problems. You didn't create them. Now you're going to help try and solve them and you're not going to make them any worse. So, but you might be able to help make things better. So, you know, try not to take things home at night. Uh, There's always going to be more issues and things than you can ever address. So you kind of got to, you got to be able to set those boundaries as well, because if you know if you're not feeling good and doing well and taking time for yourself, you're not going to be any good for any kids mm-hmm. or or anybody else. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the biggest piece: reassuring staff that hey, it's okay. You can dial back. You can set realistic expectations and for yourself. And uh, but you know, people want they just they're givers and they want to they there's always something to do and they think they always have to be doing it. And it's okay to say you know. I put in enough time today. I need to take some time for myself. I need to take my days. I need to do mm-hmm. uh, these things, you know. Um, otherwise, you're not going to be, you're not going to make it. You're yeah. going to burn out. You know, that old, you know, you get these, you know, quippy little lines, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm-hmm. But that's, it is true. You know, how many people have we seen that haven't lasted in this or, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of flame out? Uh, so, yeah, that's what, it, you know, what does it mean to me? It, a, a variety of things, having the supports for kids, being there, you know, 
It doesn't mean we have to have all the answers. It doesn't mean you're a therapist. It doesn't mean you're this or that. But it means that you're aware that sometimes kids and other people have other issues. It's kind of taking that step outside yourself and kind of, you know, mm-hmm. that idea of walking a mile in somebody else's yeah. shoes and understanding maybe there's something going on. Yeah. And uh, if you can do that, does that help bring awareness? Does it make you more benevolent? Does it make you a little more uh, willing to go go the extra mile for somebody? Yeah, you know. Understanding. I'm curious what, in your opinion, um, what have, what kind of shifts have you seen in, in your role in education when it comes to mental health in terms you, you've said aware, you've said the word awareness quite a bit. And I think that's great. Cause I think that is one of the biggest mm-hmm. keys. I think we're uh, trying to be more focused and purposeful. I think we've had people that have always been good with the relationships yeah. and it comes natural. And for most teachers, it does as well. But I think it's, uh, it's okay to take the time away from, you know, you know how we kind of look for the teachable moment? Well, sometimes you got to look for the behavioral or emotional teachable moment too and mm. address the situation at hand because if, if you know, it's that old hierarchy of needs. If if, uh, mm-hmm. if there's something bigger going on, you know, they're not going to be able to focus on, on the other piece. So, And we're giving people more skills. And, you know, sometimes people go, you know, this is common sense. Well, is it, you know, and just like when we're teaching things to kids too on how to, you know, PBIS and this and that, people were like, why do we need to teach them this? Well, obviously we're getting frustrated because kids aren't doing what we want them to do, so maybe we need to you know, have a grounding because mm-hmm. we can't even all get along on a variety of issues now. How do we expect kids that are coming in from different cultures, different backgrounds and yeah. all that? So it's just kind of, hey, what are those common expectations, common beliefs, and then can we have some common support so that we're just trying to make good people here and trying to help. I mean, that's our that. that's our mo- number yeah. one, our number one goal, you know, Yes, we want test scores. Yes, we want this and that. All those things will come. But for me, it's making, helping develop good people. Yeah, you know, become a better human. That's <laughs> great. Yeah, I would just good. say, too, when you say, because we do have one of the questions that we came a long time ago is when we do use acronyms. So PBIS, yeah. Positive Behavior Intervention Support. So those yep. that are listening that are non-educators, that's what PBIS stands for. Um, I would say probably what you just said there, John, the the, the challenge for you know, if it's principals, educators, teachers, whoever, is when we get in and we get going in our role, we, and you alluded to it, sometimes we we attach to that and we take it on. And when we take that on, then that's, that becomes where it, it can kind of take over and then we can't unplug or we can't connect. And I think that's a challenge for all of us because we're in a profession that we want to serve, we care, we're relationship people. But what you said there, which I, I, I absolutely love, is we, we understand that's when, when somebody's coming to us, it doesn't matter who it is, we want to help them, but it's not ours, right? It's not ours. We didn't, we're, but we want to give them, and I think that separation there is really key, but it's difficult in, in how we do that. Yeah, well, I'm, we've all seen people that sometimes become over over involved and it can sound callous and we joke about it a little bit because uh you know one of my assistant principals kind of coined the term let's care appropriately you don't want to overcare <laughs> you don't want to undercare either you know let's not just you know you know what i mean it's yeah, just yeah. finding that balance uh yeah. and it's a uh, well and i you think you, you you talk about giving people permission I, th- I think that's that's what it's all about because like you said educators by nature we are givers we want to make a change we want to help people and it's easy for educators to fall into that trap of I'm, I'm, 
I'm basically going to adopt this kid, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and that's great. But like you said, if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not healthy, you're not going to be good for anybody else. So I think that's great. I just also want to say too, John, is that one thing that I know about you is, and what you said here too, is that what well, a lot of times we, we want to take, we want to figure, we want to say that if it's a system or if it's a program, this is going to fix everybody. But at the end of the day, everybody's different. We got we to gotta just take things and, and understand that students are different, staff's mm-hmm. different, all that stuff. And we got to, we're not, everybody's not going to need the same exact thing. And, and I think so much of what I see and what I challenge myself with is not to say that, oh my gosh, this program or this thing's going to fix everybody. So... Yeah. yeah. Uh, agreed. I'm not a big program guy. You know, like a couple things that, you know, you see some things that you latch on to. I, I, I think professional learning communities, whatever you want to call them, are, are the bomb. I think yeah. that's where you have, but all it is is a structure for having conversations. You can mm-hmm. have that conversation about anything. It could be about your curriculum. It could be about uh, student uh, performance. It could be about how kids are doing social emotionally. Uh, you know, it, it's a vehicle for having those conversations. And then can you put some systems in place so that if a kid is struggling, and this is, we don't do a great job of this at high schools. I think elementaries do a better job with, you know, your systems of interventions. Mm-hmm. But I think if we could find certain things so that when a kid is struggling, it's not just your responsibility in the classroom. you got to figure it out all, all on your own. Maybe we got a set of, you know, mm-hmm. tools and things in the system so that you're not feeling like you're out there on an island. You know, so it's fine in those things. And I, I try really hard when something new is coming up to not give it a name, just kind of, okay, this is how we're, it, it's a tweak of something that we've all, already should be doing, but we're just trying to make it, we're trying to be, implement it with fidelity and be focused and purposeful so that if something good is happening, it's not a happy accident. And if it's not going well, we can say, okay, what have we tried? So we can kind of, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, you know, Jason, you've worked with me. I, oh. I, 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 I sometimes, you know, we all have our, our strengths and our faults. My strength would be, you know, kind of the relationship, this and that. The fault would be, uh, you got to drag me kicking and screaming <laughs> to build in the uh, the the statistics and the uh, you know the, the uh, yeah the empirical evidence type piece. But uh, <laughs> you know, I see value, and I, you know that's why I strong. I try to surround myself with people too that you know have yeah, different sure. skill sets and yep. all that. You know, I wouldn't want everybody like me, and I you know yep. yeah so yeah great point, great point. Um, well, let's move into the topic of social media, which I think. You know, being a high school principal, um, yeah, <laughs> I think you know it's it's it it. Yeah, it's a love hate. It's a love hate relationship. But so, I guess a couple questions I have for you, John, is are you number one? The listeners don't know this, but are you staying up to date with the latest social media platforms? Maybe what platforms are you on? Yeah, who do you follow? And then I want to get into some of this addiction part. I want to get into some AI chat GPT. And then the impact. So let's just start with the platforms you're on and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, I'm probably I'm. I use it a lot. Uh, I'm probably, when you say up to date, I'm not like Mr. Cutting Edge. Am I on the latest, greatest? But I have the tried and true, you know. Uh, I think it's great for, like I said, it's that double-edged sword. It's, But uh, I think it's great for connecting with, with especially kids. Uh, I've got a, an Instagram account that I use, uh, and I post pictures of kids on there all the time and things that we've got going on at school. And for me, uh, you know, I've got like, you know, let's say 3,500 kids or people and families that are on there. And for me, it's like an instantaneous uh, way to get to know people. But I post pictures of the kids at events, but I also like will 
post pictures of my dog or I'll post mm-hmm. pictures of them on a mm-hmm. motorcycle trip. And then a kid will come up to me and my dog's name is Lola. Hey, how's Lola? I saw Lola in the picture. <laughs> you know, we have an instant conversation and a bond around something that's going on, even though I may not even, because, you know, people give you this line, oh, I know every kid in my school. You can't know every kid in your school. You know, you might recognize them and you, you know, you have something, but can you build something in common so we know, we all know something about our school so we can have conversations about each other. And that's that whole idea of kind of that clear leadership, which, mm-hmm. you know, which I, truly believe is, you know, getting, letting people know your story, who you are, what you're about so that uh, we can have a conversation so that they're not, you know, filling in the blanks, but social media, I'm big on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, uh, love Twitter. I'm on it constantly. And Mm -hmm. I just like it for the, you know, little snips of it. I just love, I love information. I've always been a news guy, Mm -hmm. uh, stories that are out there, updates and stuff. And one of the biggest things I get a kick out of is just the snarky humor, you know, on, (laughs) on, uh, uh, on there and, and all that. But again, it could, anything is, could be used for good or for destructive purposes. And, you know, we all deal with the, the pain in the backside piece of it as well. Yeah. And there's, there is a lot of research out there right now about the addiction of it. And I think I just read it. I don't know if it was a New York times article about, um, the more, the more, Teen, or when a teen gets a phone earlier in their life and when they're on it more, the the correlation between higher uh, mental health issues increases. And so that's the piece that I think we're all trying to figure out is, is there a, is there a right way? What's the addiction piece of it? Any advice you would give to others with that? You know, you hate to be the... Uh like you're the all-knowing being, but there <laughs> just seems to be some common sense things like, you know, like when should you give your kid the phone? You yeah. know, who, who knows, you know, but, but it's, you know, I, I, I would think by middle school, most people have kind of lost the battle or probably. figured that it's probably more reasonable yeah. uh, at that age. Uh, but just some common sense things like why would you let your kid take their phone in their room at night when they go to bed? Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, those types of things and yep. just are you watching are you are you uh, you know if they're on social media platforms do you make them maybe make them fr- allow you to have access or be a friend or yep. this or that and you know there's ways around that for kids and they do stuff but it's just being vigilant asking questions and trying to uh just making sure they're not getting it's like anything else you they probably were saying the same thing about video games you for know sure. and and, yeah. and uh all of those things. So it's just making sure that you got some sort of balance. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's the, the I think that's the most important thing is the a to have the conversations, and b just check in and and uh, figure out what they're doing. Hey, let's uh, AI Chat GPT. You know, we've been uh, uh, Kevin and I have been kind of dipping our toes in this, and actually more than dipping our toes in it now, but just trying to figure out you know, that whole thing and the, maybe the impact it's going to have. And we've had um, guests on the show talk about it from the business side of things, from the educational side of things, from the university college side of things. But just AI, chat, GPT in general, what, what's your thought on that? You know, it's a tool. Uh, it's just like when you started having computers and you're able to, you know, is it any more valuable to uh, have, used to have to look stuff up in a card catalog and have to dig through damn articles and <laughs> photocopy stuff off. And is, was it cheating to be able to do a Google search to get the, you know, to get the information and, you know, you used to have to type papers and correct things with a, you know, whiteout and all that. Now you can, you know, 
it's a tool, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, like anything else, you know, what it might force us to do is maybe assess learning differently, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. have a conversation with a kid, have kids do presentations, uh, you know, so nothing's all good or all bad. We got to figure it out. Uh, so that's where we're at. I was just kind of pulling up. You see me look at my phone. There's a yeah. neat little chart that I might send it to you later. It was kind of, it, it kind of talked about that and different levels of how would you use it and then is it cheating? Is it not cheating? You know, right. would you use it as a reference? Would you use it for a rough draft? Would you use it to check your thoughts? Would you blah, yeah. blah, And then it asks, what would you do in your job? You know, because, you know, we're holier than thou, but I know when I'm working or if I'm doing something, I'm looking stuff up all the time. You know, what Absolutely. is, obviously there's some base information you want kids to be able to know, uh, to be able to have a conversation and this and that, but you don't need to memorize all this right. stuff, everything out there, but you do, you know, you do that idea of concepts and being able to be a, you know, an intelligent person, be able to have a conversation and, you know, compare and contrast and, you know, all of that. It's just, we, we just got to be cognizant that it's different. There's just yeah. another, you know. It, it, and yeah. I love that you mentioned that it might force us to start looking at how we're assessing kids because we should be doing that anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, so it, it might, might move things along. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to let it keep me up at night. You know, some <laughs> people, actually one of my assistant principals, I keep throwing uh, Mark Paulson out there. He's got, oh, yeah, we laughed. Mark, we had yep. a teacher who was all upset about uh, the, you know, the new technology and all that. So he, he took her question and he put it in chatty, uh, <laughs> you know, what, what do you, how do you even say it? Chat? GPT. Chat GPT. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it, uh, it created a pretty nice response for her. <laughs> you know, did, uh, yeah, the we, pros and cons and all of that. So it's like. It's just interesting. I actually want to get a, we were talking about getting an account this, you know, the summer and kind of playing around with it kind of as an administrative group and yeah. some people to say, hey, you know, what is all, you know, what's the pros, cons and. Yeah. You know. Kevin and I, we have a, we have an account that we use and um, it, you know, there's a, there is, there is the good of, good of it and there's probably the bad too of it, but we, we're having that conversation in our building right now and we've had some uh, teachers and some staff members concerned about it and. But I think the best thing you can do right now is let's talk about it. Let's learn, learn about, about it, it right? Yeah. And so I did the same thing as I, um, there was a question and I put it in there and I had, uh, I think it was Monica. Mm-hmm. Monica was our AI bot there. Monica spit out a response within two seconds and I just pasted it in there and replied back all to the staff and said, this is from our AI bot here. And so it was kind of funny. So yeah. I think it's something we got to learn about. Yeah. You got to check it out because yeah, it, it can a, help us. Yeah, I'm not a fatalist. Remember, you know, you, you think back to like, remember Y2K? We were all sitting yeah, there. Yeah. Wait, I don't know if you guys are young. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember. But we're all sitting there going, oh, Jesus, what's going to happen here the next, you know. Planes you know, are going to fall yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. next day everything was fine, you know. Yeah. So I, I, again, people like to spin and, yeah. and and I get it. I don't want to downplay it, but I'm also not going to jump on the, you know, oh, woe is us. Yeah. yeah. Know, it's not going away. Trip. No, it's, it's not, not. going to go away. Nope. So it's only going to adapt and change and transform some things. So, well, let's move into, you know, one of the big topics that, that Jason and I talk about on the show is, is work-life balance. Um, super complicated <laughs> <laughs> um, concept, but what does that mean to you? Yeah. How are you achieving that? Um, what advice are you, would you be giving others? You know, just all of it. You know, if there's one thing <laughs> I think I could uh, feel good about uh, advising people on would be work like Oh, really? I know. I, I actually, oh, that's great. I, I am not shy about taking my time, and I'm not shy about enjoying life, and I'm not shy about letting people see that on my social media. I post on uh when I talk about that Instagram account, it, yep. you know, if I'm on a trip on my bike with my wife, I'm posting pictures of mm-hmm. it. I'm doing this. People should take their time. 
people need to, you're not good for anybody if you're yeah. not doing those things. And life is too short. Um, when people say my job is my life, I'm like, okay, great. I, you know, you, you lose me. I, you know, I go to these, these seminars and these things, you know, I, I, Hey, I enjoy what I do and, yeah. and I don't really consider it work either. You know, I, I spend a lot of time, I go to events, I do, I'm at things, I am mm -hmm. visible, but I am also able to say, no, I'm not going to that. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, we split things up and, and I'm good about telling my staff too, no, you're going to your child, you're, we're getting you a sub, you're going to mm -hmm. your, just your child's, sure. uh, uh, concert, concert or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or play during the day yeah. or chaperoning a trip or if your parents are sick, don't even think twice, just go. Yeah. We can find people for you. you we'll get that. You know, we need, because if you're not modeling that, then why would, you know, if you're, you, people aren't going to come to you and say, I need this if they're sure. like, well, he never takes it. You know, you gotta, that's just my belief, you know, mm -hmm. and it should be a, a an enjoyable, healthy organization to work and, you know, all of those things. So we try to be reasonable with that. So you got to do that. Nothing frustrates me more. To, like even just people not taking their days, um, you, you need to take your days. And I get frustrated sometimes. It's this time of year now. They're like, during the school year, we're not taking our days. But um, in the, the June meetings or the July meetings yeah. or the this or the yeah. that, because it's like, well, damn it, you want me to take my days and be healthy, I, I'm taking them. Yeah. I, once school gets out, I'll tell you right now, here's what's, I always go to the the uh, summer workshop for the Principals yeah, Association. I think it's good. a great, uh, professional, professionally, you know, seminars are seminars. You can get information sure. by watching, you know, something online, but it's being there with people, connecting with people, meeting your colleagues, having that end of the year commiseration. It To me, that's mental. You know, hey, we've yeah. all gone through these Grand. situations. How did you handle it? Kind of joking a little bit and and also feeling good because I had a pretty ugly situation last year. People reached out to me, helped me. Hey, this is how we went through it because mm -hmm. even though each situation is unique, having an event isn't unique. Right. So, you know, you just, you got to do those things. So once school gets out, I tell people, I'm I'm not going to be around. And I'm not shy about saying I'm not going to be at that meeting, you know, because uh, I'm just not. You, you you want me to take my days. You don't want me to take them during the year, and I don't want to take them during the year. I'm going to be gone in the summer a lot. Yeah. So I'm going to go up to Breezy here in June. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get home from there. I'm going to get on the motorcycle with my wife for a week. Then I'm going to come back, and it's the last week of June. I'm going to work for three or four days, and then I'm going to go up to the cabin for the first week, the, for the week of the 4th of July. Yeah. It just, that's what it is. But yeah. you need that because if you don't, that's where people start going, you know, can I do this anymore? And, you know, you, you just need to recharge. Yeah. yeah. You know, people, you know, and teachers need to do that too. I say just enjoy yourself. Go do something and, you know, take your time and be with your family and do those things. So for me, that's huge. And I, I try to model it and I, I try to encourage people to do those things and you got to be, and you talk to people and you kind of show interest in when they're doing, you know what I mean? Just make them feel sure. good about things that they're doing. Yeah, that's great. I, I think, you know, like I said, Jason and I, this is, this is the one area that we talk about a lot mm -hmm. and I think it's the most difficult mm -hmm. and trying to figure out how do I do it? But I think at the end of the day, you're, what you're talking about, John, is unless you are going to, you know, take care of yourself. And that's what we like. That's what we'll talk about on the show. It starts with you. You got to figure out ways to take care of yourself because like you just said it, you're no good for anybody else. So if you're not rested, you're not recharged, you're not going out to enjoy things 
than your job, it's going to turn miserable, mm-hmm. and, and then you're going to you know burn out and all that stuff. So, hey, what uh, what's the what's the John Vizek typical morning routine, or maybe the typical uh, nighttime routine after work routine look like? Sure, uh, yeah. I'm kind of a night owl, so I stay up a little later than I should. So I'm not like I get up early and do the exercise thing and all that. I do like to get up and read the paper. I still like the old school paper, yeah. and uh, you know, and do that, and then drive into the drive into work. And you know, I I love that the you know you got a rough outline for the day, but you know anything could kind of <laughs> could kind of oh yeah, yeah could kind of happen. <laughs> One email here, yep. and boom, your shift. Yeah, you know, so you have your structured meetings, but you also you know know that. Things could go, you know, a variety of different ways yep. and build in time for, you know, getting out and interacting with staff and getting into classrooms. And, you know, we try to st- structure our week so that we all kind of share the, you know, supervision and try to get to a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, on a daily basis, then when I get out of there, uh, I usually, that's on a couple days a week. That's when I, on the way home, I try to hit a yoga class. That's what I like about Core Power is there's always a... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always there's a variety of different places, and you can always it's just like any of the other little clubs you could pop in. And for me, if there's an event too, I'll go hit hit a class and then come back after the class, and uh, you know then go to the event and all of that. So, uh, but the, you know that's what you're on during the school year. You're, you know you got a you know maybe a couple nights a week. You know sometimes there's you know three or four mm-hmm. nights a week, but yep. yeah, usually it's a couple nights a week. It's you know there's a balance there. Uh, you know, there's busy times and a little more chill times, mm-hmm. but you just try and again share that load and watch that any somebody else isn't getting overburdened like the 80s. Yeah. You know, I mean that's a killer, that's a killer job with the uh, you know evening responsibility. So we're mm-hmm. trying to pick up some of those as well, and then you know, but then if I go home, you know, I do like to. I'm kind of a watch the tube guy. I do like uh, flipping on. You know, my wife and I try to find a few shows that we like to watch together and. Uh, and then I, you know, I'm usually in a, go to bed about 11 o'clock, not before 11, though. I'm an oh, 11 wow. o'clock guy, yeah. yeah. I can't. I hear these people go, I went to bed at 9 o'clock. Yeah, I just can't. So that's, but I'm also not, but I'm also not up before, you know, maybe 5.30 would be early for me. Yeah. So more realistically, a 6 o'clock wake or up or kind yeah. of guy. I slept know. in this morning. I got up at 5. Ooh. <laughs> He's a 3.30 a.m. wake up guy. I'm not that out. No. I'll get up at 4.15, 4.30 and get my morning workout in. But, yeah, I would say going back to, you know, I just want to give a shout-out, you know, the activities directors. You know, they do work hard. And our activities director at, you know, RHS, Dan Ogren, he uh, does a great job for us. He'll pick up the, you know, he Mm -hmm. will take on a lot of stuff in the spring for us. And so uh, we do appreciate him and and what he does there. And I think ADs are doing that all the time. But you're right, you got to make sure that you're, doing that so that's that's good there you know you talk about uh work-life balance too and just uh honoring people as professionals i've always been one that i don't watch people come in on the clock uh, i don't watch when they leave on the clock uh if you're doing the job well you're doing the job and there's mm-hmm. more time than you need mm-hmm. that's why i get frustrated sometimes when if there's a staff development or a grading day and the, you know i've worked for places where they you know you got to be here to do this well, you really don't have to be here to do the job because you're sitting at your computer entering grades. You could do that anywhere. Right. And the one good thing the pandemic did was kind of open that up a little bit right. and say, you know what, we can do things differently. We don't need to have people, you know, this compliance BS that they got to be sitting there. And, 
you know, either you're going to treat people as professionals, but that means, you know, if you expect them to act like professionals, you treat them like professionals and, uh, give them that time. And, uh, you know, that's always kind of a little bit of a, we're still caught in a little, uh, I think age culture war of expectations on some of that stuff. No, but I do think that's shifted a lot. I mean, you got to treat people like professionals and if you're not, then that's, I mean, the work's going to get done, and if it's not getting done, then it's your job as the leader to go take care of that and, and have yeah. those individual conversations. But don't don't make it uh, don't make it a miserable experience for the whole. Right. You know, deal with deal with who you need to deal with separately. Right, and that's one thing I try to advocate when somebody comes down and says, "Hey, why are they doing this?" You know, if you want me to hold them to the letter of the contract or do something like that, you know, that fine, we can play that game. But I can tell you this: all that extra stuff I ask them to do. They don't have to be doing that. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? When you treat people well and you, you know, they get it and then they'll go the extra mile. They'll, mm-hmm. you know, do things and, and this and that. And that's what, you know, so again, you're trying to create that culture where everybody's like, yeah. I, and people get it if you give somebody a break on something. If, because if something is really going on in their family and this and that, they go, you know what? He treated that guy pretty fairly. And uh, they know that, oh, there's something going on there. And if, God forbid something would happen in yeah. my situation, I'd be able to be treated that way as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Again, yeah. Yeah, but I think things have changed. And this is this kind of leads us into kind of what you've been talking a little bit about, but let's go maybe a little bit more in depth with it. But leadership, you know, just by you talking, and Kevin would agree, your leadership style just is, is resonating and coming out as you're talking. But what does it mean to you? And then how do you build and sustain that positive culture if you want to add on to what you've been talking about here? Sure. Uh, I truly believe, you know, you have, when you're going through these programs and all that and you're kind of, you know, first becoming an administrator or any type of leadership group, you know, you, don't you, like, you know, I, I remember growing up thinking, boy, the people in those positions, they must be so smart and so <laughs> just, you know, and you're, you're like, you start watching people, you're like going, okay, they're good people, but oh, yeah, I could do that, you know? And <laughs> yeah. then you're like, so you get into these positions, you start reading some things and hearing some things and you latch on to things that you go, okay, that's validating. That's something that I believe, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, Sergio Giovanni or, you know, um, you got moral leadership, you got green leaf, uh, you know, you got, uh, servant leadership, all mm-hmm. those things. I truly believe in that, that leadership is a gift. And some of those comments that you'd start reading, and I still have those little books from some of those first classes that I've got highlighted that, uh, some things that resonated were like, it's almost, it's a moral failing if for good people to sit back and not lead mm-hmm. and uh, to not step up because you're kind of shirking your responsibility. And, you know, what are we going to get if people don't, don't do those things? Uh, so, you know, to me that, that resonated. And then you find people along the way that you kind of role model after and they trust you, you know what I mean? They mm-hmm. build you up, they give you the skills and then they let you go. And then if you screw up, they remind you, but they, you know, they do it in a positive way. Respectfully, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I can think about people that did that along the way. Karen Norell, uh, principal in Montgomery Lonsdale, was only there a year. Probably one of the most profound, and I've used this on other, I've used her words with other people. Um, there was a situation that I didn't feel good about, and I was wondering how to handle it. And I was talking to her, and uh, she said, you have good judgment. Don't be afraid to use it. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, 
Ooh, okay. She didn't mm. tell me what to do. She mm-hmm. just said, I explained the situation what I was dealing with. She said, you have good judgment. Don't be afraid to use it. And you know, that it empowered mm-hmm. me. And I've used that a number of times with teachers and other administrators or this or that. Cause a lot of times people are not looking for, you know, if, if you start doing things or making the decision for them, you know, we all know that game, then you own it and they don't yeah. own it. Yeah. A lot of times they're just looking for advice, looking for a little bit boost in their confidence, uh, looking to see if something doesn't go well that you, you're going to have their, some, yeah. yeah, have their back a little yeah. bit. So to me, those are important things. And when you, any of those situations, that's how you build trust, you build relationships. So even when you have tough things that happen or, you know, you're building, you're building that relationship and that culture every single day, every conversation you're having, yeah. you're building that relationship that you have with people, whether it's with students, with staff, parents, whatever, because they're going to see, can I trust you? This and that. And I talk about, uh, you know, and I jotted this, you know, jotted some things down about, because I talk to kids about leadership or what I believe in and this and that. And, you know, this isn't original. And I don't know where it came from, but the, the three types of power, you know, if you've heard, maybe heard the, you know, this one before where you got positional power. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm the principal. I'm just walking in, I got positional power and I get a little bit of respect. That only lasts so long, you know, because you got to, then you people get to know you and then you get the relationships building. So you got relational power. Mm-hmm. That's great. But we've also met people that, uh, people go, huh, oh, he's a nice guy. <laughs> but you know, that that's about it. You know what I mean? So you can... Be the principal, and you can be a nice guy, but does anything get done? The, the third one that's really powerful is having, you know, they tie in there is having competence. You know, mm-hmm. and you build that with the conversations you have. You have tough situations you go through. You, you know, again, all of those things. So competence is where it's at, but you got to also have relationships. So, you know, if you can get the 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 relationships and the competence down, the, the positional Piece doesn't even really matter. Right. I mean, it's always there. Mm-hmm. And you sometimes forget about it, but uh, yeah, those other two are are where it's at. So that's kind of how I look at things. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, yeah, and I enjoy working and kind of mentoring, finding other people on. I've been fortunate enough to be in large situations where I get to have APs, assistant principals, and mm-hmm. different things. So I get to work with people and create a team that mm-hmm. can support support me and my learning and uh, fill in my blind spots. Cause again, you know, I've got, you know, I got pieces I love to run with and other pieces that it's like, yeah, that's not my mm-hmm. strength. So you, you find people that compliment you and, and you do those things to build them up. And if you do that, you know, it, it it's a, yeah. When you look back over your career, do you, do you think about some of the things that you did as a leader and you just cringe? Oh yeah. 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 You know, I have moments, I'm a pretty relational guy. I like to think, and I like to think I treat people really well, but I still, even to this day, I I have slip-ups where I pull the, you know, I come across poorly or I, sure. I can have an acid tongue. I can be a, you know, mm-hmm. I can be a smart ass. I can cut you down, yeah. and I try not to do it. And sometimes you do it, in, un, you know, it unintentionally as well. You know, and I've used this one with people too uh, as an example of, that positional power. Um, I remember getting called into the office as a student 
and the conversation that was had in the office with the administrator. I remember everything about it. I remember how I felt walking down there. I remember the tone that was used. I remember, you know, everything, how I felt, all of that. To this day, like I was just in there, I have conversations every day with kids like that, and there's no way in hell that I think that I have that impact. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, yeah. So when I catch myself being flippant or, you know, trying to be clever or this or that, I'm like, huh, I wonder if the interaction I had yeah. with them meant how as they're much to them. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How are they perceiving that? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I got to think about, about that because I just think, yeah, I'm, I'm me. I like to do my thing and I like to enjoy what I'm doing and this and that. So it's that piece about being intentional and you do have to remember the role and the hat that you're wearing and the, that, that power that comes yeah. with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the, the challenges that are being faced with principals, with teachers, with anybody in the educational system right now. There's a, there are a lot of challenges and um, I have, you know, again, being part of MASSP and gone through that process of serving on the board and all that stuff, but in being able to interact with principals around the state, you know, there's a lot of principals out there that are struggling. Um, you know, either they're struggling with their mental health, they're struggling with um, how do I, you know, how do I do this? Or just the, the gamut of things that you hear. And you hear this from teachers too, right? We have too much on our plates. We're trying to do Everybody's asking us to solve all the problems and do everything. So, and I think that's what you are lead, uh, alluding to is that can allude to burnout. But what's some like uh, advice that you could give to the to the the principals out there, the teachers out there, whoever? I don't know. Maybe it's maybe you're in the business world and you're burning out with that. Yeah, that's you know, yeah, probably one thing we haven't touched on that that outside pressure that comes to with mm-hmm. being this and Roger always talks and Roger Ensign, the our lobbyist and attorney for the principal yep, association, I mean, he always talks about being a principal is a big deal still, you know, when something happens, it's in the news or it's this or that there's, there is pressure mm-hmm. and people are passionate because you're dealing with their kids. You know, what, what makes you more passionate than that? So you, you do have that. Uh, what, what's most disheartening I think is the lack of trust from people that were working the best interests of kids. Mm-hmm. And that uh, it's almost like we got to defend our decisions and this and that. I think that's what's frustrating teachers. You feel a little bit under attack mm-hmm. and you feel under attack. Like, come on, you know, we're trying to help make good people here. That's what we're doing. We don't allow, bullying happens. We don't allow bullying. We try to prevent it. We try to do interventions. We All the different things, all the stuff that goes on in society happens in our building Mm -hmm. where else besides a public school where else and this is why i love public schools where else in society do we say you have to go here yeah you have to now you can have some choice but a public school everybody needs to go there and no matter your socioeconomic background your religious Mm -hmm. background you know your race your sexual orientation all that then we're saying we are going to put you all in this spot and we want you to all get along. <laughs> and because once you leave high school and you go to college, you've got some, a little more choice and you have choice in school now too, but for the most part you're there and, and we're trying to manage all these things. And it's 
you know, look how difficult it is just to agree in your own family, at, you know, at a holiday on certain things. Yeah. Imagine that going on in your building all day long. Well, how many students are in your yeah, building? 2,900 kids. 2,900 yeah. kids. Yeah. And, and so what I was having a conversation, and I want to keep going on this conversation, but basically we have a, you have a small yeah. city. Yeah. Yep. You, you're managing a small yep. city every single day with people coming in. All different beliefs, thoughts, opinions, whatever, and we're trying to make the most of it every day. And do you think, uh, you know, I don't like it, but do you think there aren't people that have horrible thoughts that say hurtful things? Do you go to, you know, do you, have you lived in society? Have you been anywhere? Do you think occasionally there isn't somebody that's going to write some dumbass thing on our bathroom mm. wall? Have you been to a bar or a or a sporting event, sporting event yeah. and looked in the bathroom? Yeah. You know, where do you think, you know, we're a reflection on society. We try to be better. We try to improve yeah. society. And we try to come up with some common morals and ideals and all of that. But even that is tough to agree on now because people want to attack, you know, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to indoctrinate my kid or this or that? And, you know, and I want to say indoctrinate your kid. You know, you think I can change their, uh, you know, their identity? I, I can't even get them to go to class for crying out loud sometimes. <laughs> so, you know, we're all working in the, we're, we're working in the common good. And I think that's what gets frustrating sometimes because I think there used to be a little more, if the parent, you know, got a call from school or something happened, there was that, you know, I got your back, we're working in partnership and this and that. And the questioning doesn't help anyone. Right. You know, obviously, you know, we want to be accountable and we got to be, you know, good people. And, and you know, for the most part, we are. Yeah. And uh, that's what I think gets disheartening and weighs a lot on people and yeah. this constant questioning and constant parent, you know, let the kids be the kids, let the kids be responsible. You know, don't be calling, you know, don't be, you know, why is mom or dad calling about uh, a situation in, a, in NHS? Why isn't the kid going and dealing with it with the, the person or, right. you know, let the kid take some ownership. Let the kids, you know, I always talk about it when we meet parents. I said, one of the reasons I have, you know, back to school meetings or new freshman meetings with parents is that the biggest thing I want you to take away from this is that you're sitting here in this auditorium and you see John Bezik talking and you go, huh, I met him. He seems pretty reasonable. Yeah. Seemed reasonable. And because we're in a partnership here and you're going to hear things at times that are going to sound unreasonable. And I want you to reflect back and go, yeah, but I met John Bezik. He seemed reasonable. So <laughs> if something sounds unreasonable, maybe I'm going to give him a call and yeah. give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. That's all we're asking. And that's what we're trying to do because I said, let us push your kids. Let us, you know, what better place in a public school to, for kids to find out who they are? We're going to push you. We're going to challenge you. We're going to, you know, you, you might stumble, you might fall, we're going to pick you up, we might kick you in the backside, throw you back in the game, and go, you know, go at it again. It's a safe environment to do that. That's what it should be about. We're not perfect, and somebody's going to say something, somebody might offend, but let's, how do we learn and how do we deal with that? Because to, to think that is never going to happen is so unrealistic. And, you know, you know I don't want to go down some route about being a victim or this or that, but you know, you got to have a little bit of resiliency too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because, you know, and it's tough to get this across to kids, but if you don't care for a person, you think they're a real, I'm sorry, but a, kind of a jackass. Yeah. Why do you care what they say about you or think about you? <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, yeah, you say that, we, All you know, the time. but it, that's easy for a guy to say that's, you know, sitting yeah. here 56 years old, that, you know, white male that uh, is, you know, in a position where, you know, everybody's kind of nice to me and this and that. 
it's tough for a yeah. you know a, a ninth sure. grade kid to hear when somebody's giving for them sure. grief. But we try to build that up in them. That's our that's what we're doing. And I love public schools because I like to say to people, and this gets me in trouble, but <laughs> I think in a public schools are the one. I still believe that they're the great equalizer, whether you like that terminology yeah. or not. But they're the one place where everybody's given in, and we fill in the holes for kids. We take them where they're at. With that, you know, that's the equity piece for me. Is how do you fill in the gaps? You know, give kids what they need to be successful, and this and that. But if you come to my school. Or any public school, you're going to learn how to get along in the real world. You're going to see kids that are different than you, yeah. some that have more money, some that have less, some that, uh, you know, all kinds of different yep. things. And at times, and this isn't a fair thing, but I do like to say it because I, I can be a little, you know, a little cocky at times. But sometimes I think people send their kids to private schools or just put them in situations because they want them to interact in a world in which they wished it looked like. Yeah. You come to my place, you're, you know, you know you're... You're in, in the real world, and you're going to have to learn to get along with people that might not think like you, might, might not, not act like, like you, you yeah. might not dress like you. You might not like their orientation or belief system or this or that. But you know what? we got to learn how to get along and interact. Yeah. And I think we do that better than anybody. Hmm. Yeah. I want to go back to something you said. Uh, you know, you're talking about... Um, uh, the, the, the burden of leadership and, and uh, the outside pressure. You know, we're in the leadership role. We're managing that outside pressure from, you know, community members and, and whatnot. But then we're also trying to support our teachers who are also... So it's like we're, we're, we're working with our pressure, mm-hmm. right? But then we're, we're also trying to carry the, the burden of the staff because you want to try to be there to support them and deflect and all that kind yep. of stuff. Any tips, advice on the, in that <laughs> arena? You know, get to know people so that uh, you can build that relationship. So when that's anybody, but your staff as well, so that you never want to be having the conversation about something difficult. And it's the first conversation you're really yeah. having with them, you know, th- then you don't have the trust or they're wondering or they're, they don't come to you when something goes on. You know, if something bad happened or someone makes a bad decision, I, I really want them to come and give me the heads up. You know, it's that idea of no surprises because yeah. I, don't, I don't expect you to be perfect. And I don't expect you if, you know, that's the old piece with new teachers. That's why you want to give them a mentor and you want to encourage them to come because, you know, they think they got to be perfect. And if, you know, the, yeah. you need to be able to come and ask for help and, you know, develop your craft and this and that. And I can't remember where you started with this question, but it's just that piece of, you know, building trust with people, having conversations and the belief that we're all trying to get better. You know, I mean, you know, we're all on some kind of journey on, you know, nobody's arrived, you know, if, you know, it's that old idea, you know, we talked about this with the evaluations, even, you know, you got, you know, some people think they should be getting all exceeds, you know, well, and we try to tell people, nobody lives in exceeds, you know, you visit there. Yeah. Yep. Meets is a pretty high bar because we expect a lot from people in public education. So meeting the standard is it's pretty it, good. It's pretty mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. And people exceed in certain areas, but nobody exceeds in everything that they do, you know, and it's funny. You know, but I think that was the way they they used to do that. So now you, you get some people, they just wig out if they're not, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's like those uh, kids that are chasing the A's, you know what I mean? Yeah. They, it, heaven forbid I'm not a, straight a student or you know yeah yeah okay you want to go into the next one 
Uh, or are we rolling you. in? You got, the, you got the role models. Oh, yeah, the role models. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And you kind of you alluded to this already a little bit, but um, perfect segue from talking about leadership. Mm-hmm. How did you get there? We, we always like to talk about role models, uh, mentors. Um, who impacted you yeah. over, the, over the years? I had a great uh, – that's why I always talk about South St. Paul and growing up there. Uh, great people that uh, – all around in the church community, you know, just uh, in uh, the public schools there, just a, there's a lot of strong individuals that wanted good things for kids. And, uh, um, yeah, I just think of some of the coaches that we had, you know, growing up, uh, not to name drop, but, you know, we had like the Doug Woogs of the yeah. world, the Whitey Willer of the world, you mm-hmm. know, just uh, different, uh, you know, just a lot of good quality people around that, uh, you know, Russ Welch was one of my, you know, oh, yeah. junior high tennis coach, you know, and longtime hockey coach on South St. Paul and Hastings. And just, you know, just people you met along the way and they kind of, they, they pushed you, but they cared about you too, but they did push you. You know, mm-hmm. they were, they weren't always the, you know, again, you, they didn't want you just kind of just not uh, use your potential. Let's just put yeah, it that yeah. way as a positive spin. But had that experience there growing up in South St. Paul, but then just going out and uh, and my grandparents too, uh, mm-hmm. you know, real close to them. My grandfather just and grandmother, great people, always positive, always wanted people around, but always kind of taking care of other people too and just doing good things. And you see that, and I think it kind of maybe flips a switch in you and mm-hmm. kind of puts that sense of responsibility of are you, you know, are you helping out others? Are you realizing that you got it pretty good? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, along the way, uh, working, uh, uh, I, I always throw out Walt first principle that, uh, when I was an assistant principal, you know, he could be a real Walt Lysak at Park High School, he, you know, and we probably couldn't be more different in the fact that he could, he wasn't always a hundred percent on the, uh, relationship piece, <laughs> you know, but he gets a bad rap too on that because really I, the guy supported teachers to the nth degree and the building and was so dedicated, you know, but, uh, at times he could, uh, he wasn't afraid to poke the bear on the relationship <laughs> piece either, but boy, he ran a good building and he let you run with things. Uh, he didn't need all the glory. He, uh, mm-hmm. he would, he took great pride at one point that, uh, I think of these six buildings, you know, there was the Woodbury high school, park high school, four middle schools. I think four of the six principals were, had been his APs. Oh yeah. And he developed a lot of principals and a lot of leaders and because he let you run with things and then he supported you and mm-hmm. this and that, and you wanted to do well. It didn't mean we didn't butt heads on things mm-hmm. at times, but boy, it was, you know, was ready by the time I was done. And there were some great teachers at park as well. I remember, um, couple guys just you know teachers that you meet like Larry Costigan and Gary and Larry and Gary uh, McDougal and Costigan they ran the science department but they ran events and they run them so well there were these type of teachers and individuals around the building that you didn't want to disappoint them when you were around them you wanted to be on your a game mm-hmm. and if they corrected you or something you're like oh god I better get that <laughs> I better it, like yeah they ran track meets and you wanted to work it because it was a class act yeah. and you wanted to be associated with, with it, it yeah. and i remember when i first got my ap job one of them i think it was larry costigan i made some comment quip like boy i'm only 30 years old i could do this for the next 10 years and he grabbed me and he looked at me he goes you're not staying in this job for 10 years you're going to go out and you're going to be a principal i'm like oh no. Okay, Larry, I am, yes. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just that kind of yep. people. And, uh, 
you find them around and you find people you're like, okay, I like how they interact. I like what they do. And you kind of model some of that stuff and you, and you can find them everywhere and you can find them at all levels. You find them coaching, you find Mm -hmm. them, you know, you find one of the custodians along the way. I remember there was a great mindset and just enjoying life type of, this sticks with me. Kids had trashed a bathroom and I, I went up to him and I, I felt bad. I go, yeah, I apologize for this. And he's still smiling. He looked at me, he goes, John, he goes, you don't have to apologize for this. He goes, I get it. He goes, I look at this place like a big daycare center. And sometimes I got to clean up the crap, you know, <laughs> but that was his, yeah. his mindset. And I remember one of them said, you know, one of the APs was working with these ladies were all upset in the kitchen and this and that. And he goes, you know, if the kids were perfect, we wouldn't need half of you. You know, it was just, <laughs> you know, just, you, you, you got to keep some perspective yeah, and this yeah. and that. And, uh, and uh, so just a lot of people that I've met along the way, like Patty Phillips at, uh, oh, yeah. uh, superintendent Patty, yeah. at, uh, at North St. Paul. Great, uh, great leader. Um, uh, again, supported you in the building, uh, had a great way of working with the board. And so that, you know, they weren't kind of, you know, in your business and this and that, uh, put great systems together and uh yeah and that was in a district that was you know turning over and changing and becoming more diverse and struggling for funds but it was a good vibe there uh you know you can do a lot of good things and anywhere you're at you just got to have you know good people good relationships wanting to do good things for kids so mm-hmm. that's good sounds like you've had a lot of good people oh a lot of good people yeah, yeah. that's good Surrounded with good people. That's right. Hey, let's, um, we got a few more questions here we're going to wrap up with, but uh, what really quick, um, you know, the whole nutrition food piece, you know, the food's good, right? We like to talk food. I like food. Love Kevin food. likes food. It's kind of, what's that? What's kind of a go-to meal that you'd prepare uh, for your family? Good. You know, I knew Paris was going to, he was always like eating healthy and I'm like, <laughs> no, it doesn't even have to be Not healthy. Always. I know. I'm joking a little bit. Uh, for me, go-to meal, I like cooking breakfast, like when we're up at the lake or at home and this and that, I, anything like omelets and mm-hmm. eggs and, you know, French toast. And I'm, I'm Breakfast guy would be my go-to meal. favorite meal to yeah. cook and kind of set the day off right. Uh, uh, and then, uh, you know, what guy doesn't like to grill? That's kind of a manly mm. answer, you know, yeah. I like to be in control of the you know fire the grill yeah the fire yeah (laughs) so you know those things and you yeah i love it that's that's great how about let's we're gonna end with two questions here kevin's gonna uh, wrap us up here but i want to ask real quick before we before we get to this last question um you know listeners people out there maybe what are some of your favorite leadership or health resources could be books podcasts people apps whatever what would you recommend yeah uh i love biographies, you know, reading books. I, I'm not a big nonfiction. I, you know, when I read fiction, or I mean, I'm not a big fiction reader. I, mm-hmm. I like when I've read fiction books, you yeah. know, I enjoy them. This is going to sound snobby, but I find, I almost feel like I'm guilty when I'm reading them. Like I'm wasting my time because I'm not re- learning something that's r- real, you know, which <laughs> yeah. kind of goes against my kind of laid, whatever philosophy of life. But, <laughs> but I love, li- I like read love Books about people, successful people, you know, just interesting people. Uh, could be anything, you know, just how people interact with events in their life or the world. Uh, I, probably my guilty pleasure would be reading, like, books about uh, rock stars. Like, uh, I just read uh, um, 
Rob Helpert, who was the lead singer of Judas Priest, oh, just yeah. read his, or you know, just read his biography. I read uh, Brian Johnson, who was the you know second lead singer of ACDC. ACDC yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, Eric Clapton's book, blah blah blah. I just read, and I like reading them. Uh, I just read uh, John Mellencamp's right before the month before I went to his concert. Oh. You know, just. It, but it's interesting to hear about their struggles, their personality, their perseverance, how they've interacted with other people. It just it, there's something you know. There's always something that you mm-hmm. can take away. The one from Mountain Camp I took away because I like to kind of be out on my own and do my own thing a lot. Like when I'm away from mm-hmm. work, and he had a line in there, and I, I just resonated. He goes, and it sounds cocky, but I, boy, I liked it. He goes, I thoroughly enjoy my own company. <laughs> Like, I'll go to concerts by myself. I go to the state fair by myself. I love getting on my motorcycle. I don't mind driving out to Sturgis there and back by myself. You know, people are like, how? I don't know. You you meet people. You do things. And you can do them on your own time frame. You know what I mean? doesn't mean I don't have friends and family that I like hanging out with. But thoroughly do. If you can't enjoy your own person and what you, you know, find yourself first, how, you know, I think it helps you. Oh, totally. with your other relationships we, and all that. We might have just found the title for this episode. Yeah, find yourself. I thoroughly first. enjoy <laughs> oh, yeah. my own company. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> thoroughly enjoy my own yeah, company. Find right. yourself first, right? Yeah, that's good. That's I good. like it. That's great. Oh, that's mm. awesome. All right, last question. We're going to wrap this up. Um, you've get a you've given a ton of great advice um, for listeners, but if there was, if you could only give one piece of advice for a listener. Somebody who is looking to move their their situation in the right direction, um, you know, for whatever reason, whether that be health, whether that be mentally, emotionally, professionally, um, what's what's one small piece of advice that you would give a listener that they could start implementing? Take the time to listen to people and the organization i think you know a lot of times we're rushing to give the advice but listen to see what the real questions are the issues are that are out there i say you know they always say you know god gave it two ears and one mouth for a reason but i think that is a piece and then i think it really is to trust your judgment and intuition you know there's a reason why you're thinking things that you're thinking and and uh, and I also, you know, you know, I'm getting away from one thing, but I also think establishing relationships with colleagues and friends that can give you honest feedback is huge. You got to stay grounded, and those people will do that. You know, I know when something happens. If I talk to Jason, if I need, he'll tell me, or he'll just listen, or he'll, you know bring me back down to earth a little bit. You know what I mean? But sure. you, you need that. There's a reason you call those people too, because you've established some kind of relationship and trust. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, and I think that's the key to surviving any of, especially in our type of roles where there's that outside pressure. The thing is there is the pressure and it, but it ebbs and flows because there, it's also, there's no better gig in the, it, around, especially than like a high school principal. I mean, there, even when there's crap going on, you can walk around the corner and somebody's having the best day of their life. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, yeah, yeah. We were, it is. Yeah, you could be somebody could mf you or you know, you know, 
yelling at you and you walk around there's this kid happy to see you thanking you yeah. for everything you know blah 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 so that's so true you know and it, you got to kind of you, you know what is in your makeup do you enjoy that you know what i mean so. hey, hey um did you guys know that the word listen and silent have the same letters in them mm. <laughs> no, yeah i've never noticed that silent and listen have the same letters in them so Little little thing I learned the other day. So when you were saying, "Listen, you know, be silent. Listen, you know, take that in." I like yeah. that. That's great. That's great advice. Well, John, I think we're gonna we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna end this little journey. Um, thank you so much for for making it out this way and and uh, sitting down with us. Grateful for the conversation. Um, <laughs> had some laughs for sure. Uh, definitely learned some things. Um, great wisdom. Great insight. Um, again, I know you're busy, so we really do uh, sincerely appreciate the time. Thank you. It was enjoyable. Thank you. Where can, uh, John, where can listeners connect with you or find you either on social media or maybe if it's uh, any resources, we can put that in the, we'll put that in the show notes too, but. Yeah, I, if anybody would ever want to email me, at, you know, I'm on the Prior Lake website. I've got a Twitter handle at, you know, Dr. Bezik too, I think, John Bezik, whatever, yep. you know, or anybody ever want to reach out or just yep. have a conversation, happy to do that. We'll figure out those contacts. We'll get, get them, them out. The yeah, absolutely. And I would definitely recommend um, if you do have questions or whatever, yeah, John is a great resource uh, to go to. He's been a wealth of information. He's, he's taught me a lot in my journey, and it's always good to have people like John in the world. So, hey, with that, let's uh, thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, John, we appreciate you. We're grateful for you and wishing you well here. And hey, that's it. Take care, everybody. We appreciate you hanging out with the two principals today as we continue on this journey towards a healthier and happier you. One step at a time, one conversation at a time. We would love for you to follow, subscribe, and rate, review our podcast wherever you listen. And we are so grateful for your support. As always, please follow us on all of our social media accounts at Two Principles. You can find us on the web at twoprinciples.com. Questions for Kevin or myself, email us at twoprinciplespodcast at gmail.com. As always, thanks for raising your frequency today and looking inward, wishing you peace and happiness on your journey. Remember, a better you makes for a better today. It starts with you. Until next time, get out of your head and into your heart.